0: bodybuilding. And uh, today is the longest day, isn't it, of the year? So to celebrate, I'm going to treat you to my longest sermon. (laughs) And uh, I I hope you all brought your sleeping bags. Not really. I want to make space at the end, to be honest. I want to... uh, Good grief, there's the time. I want to make space at the end just for prayer and for ministry, just on the back of what we'll be looking at in just a second. But um, this sermon series, like I say, it's called bodybuilding. Why? Because... What is uh, fundamental to us as a local church and as a movement is, amongst many other things, um, the gifts of the Spirit at work, Holy Spirit at work. We believe he is for today. We believe his gifts are for today. And uh, it's it's very good every now and again not just to assume that and everybody knows what we're talking about. We have more people coming our way all the time and we want to, again, recalibrate where we're at as a church, what defines us as a church. One of the important things is practising the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in the middle of 1 Corinthians... Chapters 12, 13 and 14, we're going to spend five Sundays going through these chapters just to take another fresh look at what Paul is saying about using the spiritual gifts amongst us as a church and the reasons why and the best way of doing it. We're going to have five Sundays with Family Zone in the middle. First one today is just an intro, I'm just going to provide an overview of the subject itself, looking at the second half of chapter 12. And next week, David, will look at the first half of chapter 12. We've just flipped it a bit where we'll break it down to the actual detailed um, separate gifts, specific gifts themselves. The week after, or a couple of weeks after that, it'll be Julian. We'll be looking at chapter 13, the famous uh, chapter that is the passage that are used at weddings. I really wish they wouldn't. It's got nothing to do with marriage what's well. Kind of, but it's got nothing to do with weddings. It's about use of spiritual gifts in the church. <laughs> it's this pyramid moment, chapter 12, bringing up to chapter 13 of what, is, what needs to be at the heart of it. And then coming back down, therefore, prophecy tongues, let's do it well. And uh, so John, uh, the week after that, we'll be looking at chapter 14 about prophecy and tongues. Paul looks at those specifically. And then I'll finish on the fifth Sunday looking at how to do healthy exercise. Let's do this well between us and what that means, what that looks like and what we can do about it. First of all, I just want to remind you of a couple of uh, prophecies we've had recently. Some of you... Hopefully most of you will be aware of the first one. Those of you that were with us last week at the weekend away will be aware of the second. That's what I want to tell you so nobody else misses out. Um, John Watson, not Sherlock Holmes' best friend, but the Californian John Watson who came with Martin Gibson a few weeks back, early May, no, end of April. Do you remember he had a prophetic word? The Hungarian word is what God gave him, was Kavani. Do you remember? And uh, he had to look it up to find out what on earth it meant. It's Hungarian for the word to stir. And it just reminded him of goulash, this Hungarian classic dish, goulash. And he just really felt God wanting to inspire us, to encourage us to know that we're a goulash. This Hungarian stew where there are ingre- fundamental ingredients that are in there right from the beginning, but there are equally important ingredients are put in later on, stirred in. All these ingredients are very, very different. They arrive at different times, but they all have a part to play in making this amazing stew. And he wanted to remind us, when, whether you were here right from Beacon Church's inception 20 years ago, or if you've arrived only a few weeks recently perhaps, there is an equal part for all of us to play. God brought us in at different times for his purposes, his timing is right. And then last week, similar but different, Pete Pemberthy on Sunday morning, he put up a picture of a big boat, do you remember? It had no sails, it had no mast, but it was this big boat. And he said there were very strong different pieces of wood all in place and this whole hull, is, this body of the ship is now complete. And uh, he said those different pieces are all very strong, they're all very different. That's each of us. We come from different denominations perhaps, different careers, different backgrounds and at different times and yet we're all strong in our own place where we're meant to be, building, building together for a purpose, together. He said the, it is strong but there is no sale yet, that is for later. And he says when it does arrive it will be massive and grand were his words. Again that ties in with what we've been hearing from other people, isn't it? Like are you ready? Do you realise what's coming? And... Pete was just reminding us that the Hulk is built and God is moving us on to the big masts and he's taking us to the next phase. But in the meantime, there are different strong pieces of wood. We all have a part to play. Different ingredients arriving at different times, different pieces of wood arriving at different times. Both pictures say the same thing. We all have an equal part to play. Plays perfectly into what I want to introduce us to. The second half of chapter 12, Paul uses the metaphor of the body and the different parts of the body that they have to play. You see, gifts of the Spirit, the charismata is the technical term. That's why we are called a charismatic church. It's not because we're charismatic like George Clooney. It's because we're charismatic because we practice the charismata, the gifts of the Spirit. We believe they are for today. Some believers don't believe they are. Uh, thankfully, we believe they do, and we've seen them at work. We've seen God prove himself time and time again through practicing the gifts of the Spirit. These are supernatural gifts. They, uh, this is en- enjoying Holy Spirit having his way in us, through us, among us, building us up supernaturally, supernatural gifts that enlighten us embolden us and encourage us and uh, like I say, this is one thing that helps define us as a local church compared to others sometimes amongst other things, you know, we, we believe you know, it's by faith uh, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone these are fundamental things we will not let go of and one other thing we will not let go of as a local church is the gifts of the spirit we don't want to let go of that, I couldn't lead without the gift of prophecy I don't know how other people do it I want to hear from God between us so we hear where he's leading us. I don't want to try and make that up on the spot and have a guess. I want to hear from him. And thankfully, he does that. So from verse 12, we're going to read to the end of the chapter. And this is what Paul says. He's writing to a church that's not that, at the time, not that different to our size and in a culture that is not that different to our culture these days in terms of uh, sex and paganism and different kind of aspects of that we might call it different things today but it looks in different ways very much the same and so he's writing to a church that's not a lot different to us other than the fact that we're not in particularly much of a mess they really were they really were there were lawsuits between them there was sexual immorality between them that they were just tolerating when they came to communion they were making a right old mess of that let alone anything else which is why he has to write to them about that And now they're making a mess of how they practice the gifts of the Spirit. And this is what Paul says. Verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honourable, we bestow the greater honour, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require." But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church, first apostles, it's like church fathers, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, of various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts? We'll leave it there. Let me just pray. Lord, We thank you for your word. We thank you that you speak to us through your word. We thank you that time and time again we can read it so many times over and then all of a sudden we spot something new. We can never get to the bottom of it and I thank you so much for that. Yet again today as we dwell on what this passage might mean to us, Lord, I pray that you just open up our eyes to something fresh, that we're not dismissive of it and think we've heard it all before, But each one of us might see something new here for us to walk home with to grow deeper into you, in your name we pray. Amen. So yes, what's interesting? Paul is talking to this church that made a right old mess of things in many areas, including this—the gifts of the Spirit. Now, if I saw a ch- if I was Paul and I saw a church making a right old hash of these things, do you know what I'd say? I'd be tempted to go. Do you know what? Call it a day. Just Colin, bring his guitar. You sing a couple of nice songs—twee ones, inoffensive ones, ones that everybody knows—in case the MacBook doesn't work. And uh, and then. And then uh, Harold's going to read one of my letters to you and then Hilda will pray on the back of it and they can have some tea and coffee and go home. Don't worry about the gifts of the Spirit. You just can't do it right. That would be a temptation. Paul doesn't say that. He does not say stop doing it. He says keep doing it, but do it well. Do it with order. Eagerly desire prophecy. I wish that all of you were speaking tongues. He was a tongueaholic, And he says, I want you to be like me. But if you're going to do it, do it well. I want to mention briefly about our history as new frontiers churches some four decades ago we started and it was all about pouring out the holy spirit about baptism of the holy spirit and some churches who weren't used to that at the time were like you can't stay here <laughs> and new frontiers effectively was birthed through that holy spirit having his way in a few select individuals at the time now we're thousands of churches thousands of people practicing and valuing the same core gift of what holy spirit has for us amongst other things and uh this is fundamental to who we are as a people. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Trouble is, that word can be misdefined, misrepresented, misused, misunderstood. What does baptism of the Holy Spirit mean? We see it at Pentecost in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit poured out on his people, they all started speaking in tongues, people were saved as a result, thousands. We see it later on, other people later on, have you received the Spirit? And they pray for them And Acts 13, I can't remember. And... You can see it throughout the book of Acts. There is something significant that happens to people either at conversion or later. And there has been a bit of a a misunderstanding or a a disagreement among some of our churches in our very movement about is baptism of the Holy Spirit at conversion or is it only relating to something that happens subsequently? It's one of those questions where actually, to be honest, the answer is yes. We've got to be very careful about how I think both parties have one understanding of what baptism in the Holy Spirit means and they're both right, they're both mishearing each other. Call it filling in the Spirit, that's what we put in our little members form, we ask you to fill in as you become a member for newer, newer folk are more aware of that. So we don't say have you necessarily been baptised in the Spirit, we also define it have you been filled with the Holy Spirit, just to make it easier to understand. You see, it, it happens at conversion and it happens later, two different ways but you still have the Holy Spirit in different ways. For example, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, Paul would describe to the church in Ephesus that you've received at salvation, you've received Holy Spirit as a deposit, as so a guarantee of your future inheritance. You've received him. It's him who, sa- who seals the deal. It's Him. through him you are saved in the first place. And Christ is in you by Holy Spirit. You have Holy Spirit. Some people don't necessarily live in the light of that. They are, they, they are saved by Holy Spirit and he is in them but they don't necessarily see him out working through them. But there is also a subsequent opportunity where in the same letter, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. And that be filled is a continuous tense. It's be being filled. Keep going after it. Keep seeking it, even every day. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Come and help me. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just a conversion. There is more to come. And it's about experiencing his fullness. I've experienced his fullness a number of times. Significantly, Probably the one I would call, were you baptised in the Holy Spirit after salvation? i will say yes in the 90s in what was now our Beacon Centre. Phil was leading a prayer meeting and I won't go into detail now, I don't have time. But that, I walked away from that moment thinking oh, I've just met with the Holy Spirit big time. I'm not sure about anybody else but I did. But even I'm aware of before that when I was in a non-Spirit filled church that I grew up in. Our youth group were all just praying, writing down things we wanted to give back to God and lay down at the cross. And we did it in silence, sitting down, writing on paper. And I felt this breath go right through my chest. This wind went right through my chest. And I thought, well, a bit weird. Probably just me. Too much cheese or whatever. And yet, afterwards, one of my friends went, did you feel that? What? He goes, I felt this breath go right through my chest when we were writing that stuff down. And before I even opened my mouth, another friend went, I felt that. Turns out Holy Spirit had breathed through all of us. We all felt the same thing. That's experiencing a fullness of the Holy Spirit is doing something in us. And I've experienced it other times since. It's not just a one-off. Don't even think, have I been baptised in the Holy Spirit after I've been saved? Yes, I've done it. I've arrived now. I don't need it again. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. It's like turning your, wind, uh, turning your sails into the wind to catch the wind. The wind can change direction. Holy Spirit blows where he wills. Sometimes we need to recalibrate our sails. Otherwise, our sails might be up, but they're pointing in the wrong direction sometimes. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's an interesting thing. Jesus. Was he full of the Spirit? Yes. When he was a baby, when he was a toddler, he was conceived by Holy Spirit. Somehow, I don't understand biologically, somehow half his DNA is Holy Spirit's. He wasn't conceived by a a man and a woman, by Holy Spirit and a woman. He was God, still is, eternal God. And is it by might or by power? No, by my spirit, says the Lord. And Jesus, while he was a nine-month-old toddler, for example, was still sustaining the universe. Was he doing that consciously? Remembering to keep Saturn rolling and remembering to keep the stars aflame and remembering to keep those thermals aloft for the birds to fly on? He didn't need to do that consciously by his spirit. He had Holy Spirit and yet to minister in its fullness in his adult ministry, he was baptised by the Holy Spirit before he was tempted and before he started his three-year ministry. And from then on, you read through the book of Luke time and time again, led by the Spirit, in the power of the Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, time and time again. It's from that moment. Jesus is being filled by the Holy Spirit and ministering through the Holy Spirit. Did he have him at birth? Yes. Did he have him subsequently in greater fullness? Yes. How much more for us at our salvation, at birth, we receive the Holy Spirit? How much more do we need him in greater fullness after? Of course we do. It's not one or the other, it's both. And this is fundamental to us as a church, Is what defines us. We're going to look at this passage just again in light of that, but let me just make this quite explicit. There are no second-rate Christians. There is not them and us. There are not Christians who are a lower class of Christian because they haven't really experienced fullness of the Holy Spirit. And if that's you this morning, you are no less valued as a child of God than I am. Tongues are a sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit, not the sign. Please hear that. Paul says, I wish that all of you would speak in tongues, but he also accepts that not all will. At the end of this passage, do all speak in tongues? The answer is no. That's okay. Okay. It doesn't make you a better class of Christian and I've been in churches where that's not an explicit message but it's an implied one and that's not right so you just need to be careful of that one person with ten different gifts is not necessarily more mature than a person with one please know that but Ben Goodman a couple of weeks ago reminded us to not look at what you don't have look at what you have use what little you have and move on from there because as we step out and what little we have, he gives us more. Don't forget that. Let's look back through this passage. Let's read it again in the light of what I've just said. Verse 12. This is where Paul introduces the metaphor itself as we are as a body of Christ. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptised into one body, Jews or Greeks as, as Jews, or we we would be classed as the Greeks with the non-Jews, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So he uses this picture, this picture language in Romans 12 as well. It's not just here. Just need to remember that Jesus has two bodies. Weirdly, but it's true. He has his earthly body, his resurrected, earthly but different body. He still has. He still embodies in, in heaven. Seated at the Father's right hand, he still bears the marks of the cross. There'll be the only scars, the only wounds in the heavens and the new earth will be on Jesus' body. We can go, look at what he did for us. He still has that body. And yet, here on earth, he still has a body to do his work through. You and me. We are his body, his other body here on earth. Holy Spirit residing in us and having his way. So then we go on to verse 14. This is when Paul picks this picture apart a little bit more. Just to explain a little bit more. He says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Here we are. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. doesn't matter what you say or how you feel. It doesn't doesn't change facts. I don't feel loved by God. Don't care, you are. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? We've got to be careful. Our emotions don't affect our theology. Very careful. What does the word say? There is equal value, whether you're an ear, a nose, whatever it might be, the hair, the follicles, a kidney, a lung, we've all got parts to play and all equally needed. We are all valued. Whatever your parts of play is, whatever you feel your gifting is, whatever you're trying to work out your gifting might be, when it's revealed by God and used by God, trust that he knows better than you do, that you might not always be up the front, but that's Okay. You might always be up the front and wish you weren't, but that's okay. Go where God calls you. We can pray that through together if necessary. You have equal value. Equal value. So then he breaks it apart just a little bit more. He says, verse 21, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honourable, we bestow the greater honour, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, he has composed the body, giving greater honour to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers all suffer together. Do you get that? And if one member is honoured, all rejoice together. We all have a part to play. If I don't play my part, you suffer as a result. That's not bigging me up. It's the fact that just the fact that you are affected because we're in the same body. And vice versa. If I don't do my role well, and me as lead elder here is not a status, it's just a role, just another way for me to serve that's different to yours. Don't big me up in any other way. Do you know what I mean? just the part I've got to play. If I do that, if I don't don't fulfil this role the best I can, you're affected by it. And it's the same as if I don't help out behind the scenes, That's one less person helping out behind the scenes. We're all affected by it, in different ways. When I'm sick, as a part of the body, the body is affected. Friend's boy went to hospital with query appendicitis yesterday. Tiny little appendix, in some ways, it's doctors consider it rather useless. You can live without it in that respect. And yet, when that kicks off, the rest of your body knows it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah? When one part of the body is sick, the rest of the body is affected in different ways. When you stub your toe, it's just a toe. When you stub it, you know it. You have trouble walking, you end up limping. It makes the rest of your body limp. When you have knee and hip problems, your posture changes. You can end up with back problems because of your knee. I mean, the rest of the body gets affected. So illness in the body. Illness in a part of the body. Like sin. Is an illness in the body. Which is why earlier in chapter 5 he says cut it out. <laughs> You're tolerating sin that is not honouring to me. Not honouring in my body. Get him out. Have nothing to do with him. Sickness. Illness. Affects the body. You affect me and I affect you. Injury. Injury. Injury in the body, I've like just talked about stubbing your toe. The closer we are, we all hurt when one hurts. I'm not going to name names now because I don't want to bring back bad memories, but a number of us here have been through some quite traumatic times. And when you've been hurting, we, and to a lesser degree, obviously, we have hurt as well. We have cried together, haven't we? We've wept together, we've hurt together. Also vice versa, we've rejoiced together. Even this morning, we've rejoiced together in things, haven't we? When I mentioned about Emily getting healed at City Church, you've never met her, and I saw some tears coming to eyes. We rejoice together. Yeah, it's the same body. Loss of control. When a limb, when a limb goes numb, like with a stroke, or even you've just been leaning on it for too long. <laughs> it affects the rest of you, because... I mean, this is terrible. When I was in the ambulance service we used to, we weren't allowed to sleep on uh, at night time. It was a ball offence, so we all slept at night time. And, because uh, we were tired. And so, we used to uh, have a little kip on the chair, and the amount of times the phone, would, this back in the days with the phones, the phone would go and I'd get up to pick it up. And I'd pick it up with one hand, not realising I'd been leaning on my left. And I'd go, yeah, yeah, I've got a call for you in Chillum, and here's the address, okay, I'll just get my pen. And I'd try and pick my pen up, and I'd just, I'd, my, my left hand's just kind of flopping around. I've been trying to write down this address, and making it sound like I know where I'm going. This is like, could you just repeat that for me? It's like, give me a pin. God, God. My, this, for about ten minutes, there's arms all over the shop. Thankfully, my mate was driving. It was all right. But even just when one part of your <laughs> part of your body goes l- goes numb, the rest of you is affected. You're trying to compensate, aren't you? Loss of control, loss of self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Part of the fruit. When one of us loses self-control in different ways, different areas of our lives, the rest of us are affected. It's not just you behind your closed doors. We're all affected. Liver and kidney, not very good looking are they? Either on your plate or in your body, they're not very good looking. I wouldn't eat a human one, it's all right. However, when they don't work, your whole body goes yellow. They remove toxins. When they don't work, you can die. Serious stuff. Our ears and our eyes. Sometimes I'll try to imagine what it would be like to be deaf. Just so I can really appreciate. Man, that's just a massive chunk of my life just gone. To be blind. To not be able to speak. We take it for granted so often, don't we? But when they're working, they're working. How about temperature regulation? It's a part of your body, part of your brain that's about temperature regulation. You think, oh thanks, yeah, God's given me a part to play in the body of Christ, I'm a temperature regulator. Thanks very much. However, when that temperature regulation doesn't work, the body gets seriously ill. We need temperature, we need lots of temperature regulators in the church, peacemakers, our temperature regulators. We need between us to be united, no division working together. We need people who are good at bringing people together. Yeah, that's temperature regulation. How important is that in the body of Christ? Hands and feet, when we're all functioning, all our parts to play are functioning well together, it's quite glorious. It's about our attitude and whether or not we're willing to step up to whatever part we've been given to play, either for now, it can change, or something significant that's with us for the rest of our lives. We can have different seasons as well, different parts to play. When we step up and enjoy it, it makes such a difference. This is Warren Wiersbe. He's an American pastor. He wrote this once. A mature Christian uses his gifts as tools to build with, while an immature believer uses gifts of to- as toys to play with, trophies to boast about. How are you using your gifts? Are you using it to get yourself up the front? Or are you using it just to serve and to bless others and see what God will do with it? Big difference, isn't there? Even if none of us... Realize the heart behind it. So, then just the last few verses from verse 27, Paul says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, and some of these supernatural gifts will be made more explicit next week with David. Helping administrating various kinds of tongues, are all apostles? We all know the answer, don't we? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, which David, uh, John will help us know more about soon. But what he's saying is, we're not all meant to be the same. Don't look at them and go, I want to be like them. Ask God to make you like he wants you to be when we all have a part to play and we're playing our part where he wants us to be, it's a glorious thing. He's saying enjoy your shape. Enjoy your place. We are the body of Christ and that's something to get excited about and we all have a part to play. If you're making notes, if you're on your, with your pens or your phones, write this down. Holy Spirit, there's the thing. Holy Spirit turns an organisation into an organism. Holy Spirit turns an organisation into an organism. Lots of this, what we do, we could do without Holy Spirit's help, and we could just have meetings, lots of other societies do. We could meet up, we could do things during the week, we could have fun together, but we won't be a live organism, the body of Christ, unless we let Holy Spirit have his way amongst us. He turns an organisation into an organism. We are not a club, we are not a society, We are not even an organisation. We're his body. Here is eternal, abundant life. God breathed growth amongst us. We're seeing it. I'm not sharing this because you need to hear it because it's not happening. It's to encourage you along the way. We're doing this, so let's keep doing it. Let's do it the right way. To what purpose are we built up? This is about building the church. His body. For his glory glory. For the spreading of his gospel, that more members of the same body might come in and join us. This body is growing, isn't it? It's about kingdom advance. Healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. For now, I just want to I want to leave it there to be honest. I don't want to harp on anymore. I wanna I want to pray. I want to seek Holy Spirit and see what he'll do. Shall we stand? I don't know what he's going to do. I just want <laughs> to see what he's going to do. We've got ministry team available, whoever's available today to pray. If you want to gather, you can gather in your normal spot down here now, can't you? Uh, no, you gather at the back, don't you? People go out this way. If ministry team can be available at the back if there's enough space. But the rest of us, growth group leaders, elders will be available to pray as well. Thank you guys moving the table. Brilliant. Margaret, could you just play something soft? Just something soft in the background. Thank you. We're just going to call on him. And we're just going to see if he prompts us to pray through certain things. First of all, just close your eyes. If you want to lift your hands out to him, it's just a helpful way of just being in the right position, heart-wise as well as body-wise, just to say, I want to receive from you. My hands are empty and I just want to receive from you Holy Spirit we welcome you here in this place we know you are here in that you are always everywhere and you are in us but we ask when you, we say welcome we say may you make yourself explicitly known right now may you come and speak to us minister to us comfort us where we need it More importantly, may you stir us to seek more of you. If you've yet to experience fullness of the Holy Spirit, what you might call baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you've not experienced that or if you want to experience it again, you can always keep asking. Then I'd love to pray for you. The elders would love to pray for you. The ministry team at the back would love to pray for you. There's lots of us between us. Go and find someone to pray with you. Just say, Holy Spirit come. If you've not spoken in tongues before, you can ask for that. Just stop praying, and let him work through you. If you've not stepped out in the gift of prophecy and you'd like to, ask for boldness. And here's the thing, if you don't know Jesus, as your Lord and Saviour yet, please don't miss out anymore. The church is where it's at on this planet. It's not technological advance, it's not societal advance, it's not in entertainment, it's not in sport. Where the excitement is at on this planet is in the spirit-filled church of Jesus Christ. And he bled for you. He died for you, that you can be reconciled to a holy God, no matter what you've done ever, no matter what you do in the future, necessarily. He's dealt with that for you. All you have to do is receive that. Repent of your sins, confess to him, and receive his mercy. And from that moment on, Holy Spirit is more than available to have his way through you. If you'd like to pray through that, seek one of us or one of the ministry team, We'd love to pray with you through that. But the rest of us, just get your hands out and we say, Holy Spirit, speak to us, we pray. Things we've wrestled with, maybe fears of stepping out. I think that might be something that Holy Spirit wants to talk to you about. Maybe it's finding your place. Maybe you don't feel you've found your place yet. That's okay. He can help you. We can help you. Feel free. Most people have got their eyes closed. Feel free to move around. Find someone to pray with you. You don't have to stay where you are by your seats. prophetic word who will help us in this moment feel free to share it's not just about me ministering to us where we are. Remind us of our value as children of God. Remind us he has purposes for us, we all have a part to play. Remind us he is widely, freely available. you work through us so sensitively so gently and so strongly we thank you for opening our eyes to the wonders of Jesus we thank you for opening our hearts to receive his mercy and his grace his favour, his love to enter the family of God Holy Spirit, we thank you for pointing the way time and time and time again day in and day out you never point to yourself you always point to Jesus who points to Father we love that come help us we pray Were before I don't worry if not
1: yeah. Steve happily mentioned in his sermon the, the appendix um, troublesome thing if it gets hold of you causes a lot of pain and I think he said you know it's there and it affects your whole body um, when my mother was younger she was uh, promised a bungalow and she was robbed of it but it was something that was taken away from her um and it hurt her for a while um, but if we think about this in our lives something sometimes we have things taken away from us and they hurt for years and years sometimes maybe it's a sister or a brothers taking the partner that you wanted in life and you feel being robbed of that you, you wanted that person to be your partner or your inheritance and you've been robbed of it other people it could be an inheritance and you've been robbed of it you feel back in those days and that hurt is still there maybe you've been robbed of something maybe it's a friendship you've been robbed of and said she he was my friend they were my friend and then they were taken away from me and been robbed of that Maybe it was a chance to succeed in life, a chance to go to university or something like that, and you feel you've been robbed, and somebody else went, and you've been robbed of that. Maybe you've been robbed of something that you thought belonged to you, and that hurt, and it goes on hurting until you deal with it. And Father, I just want to pray, Father, any who... If it's just been glossed over at this time, Father, we pray that you reveal it, if that's the troublesome thing. The appendix can be a troublesome thing. And Father, I pray that um, you will just highlight and reveal what that troublesome thing is. Because it needs to be taken out and dealt with. Although it might have been taken away, and that's the hurting point. Father, just work with us, we pray, through the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name.
0: Ministry team will still be available at the back. If anything has been, anything has been prompted this morning, please do pray with them. I'm, I'm happy to pray as well. In the meantime, the rest of us teas and coffees are served. But please, keep just this week during your growth groups, take opportunity in your growth groups to have a go. This isn't just something to be talked about. This is something to be practiced, put into practice. Have a go ministering to each other. If you've not prophesied before, Growth Group is, is and should be a safe place to have a go in someone's lounge. Speaking in tongues, words of knowledge, seeking healing, praying for healing for each other. All these things. We all have a part to play. Have a go in Growth Group during the week. Bless you guys. Thank you. Mercy team are at the back. Don't forget also if you need to grab uh, Kevin's clipboard.